Hi there, you're listening to the Spirit Room Podcast with me, psychic medium and mentor, Melissa White. This show is for developing mediums, budding intuitives, and those who just find themselves curious about spirit and the afterlife. I'll share my experiences with you working with spirit as a professional medium for over a decade. I'll also interview people that I find brilliant and fascinating and provide you with some insight into how you can live this life to the fullest, knowing that there is so much more available to us than what meets the human eye. So I invite you to sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's just see what spirit has in store for us today. Hi everyone, welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm Melissa White and I'm your host and I'm here today with a really lovely special guest. Her name is Jill and she's been a student of mine since 2021. She has been an elementary school teacher for the past 12 years. She's currently a holistic nutrition student and Reiki student. She's a neurodivergent mother of two very rambunctious and loving boys. And the journey of motherhood, along with being in a safe, nurturing relationship with her partner, has allowed her to open herself up to mediumship again. And today is a special episode because Jill has so kindly agreed to actually interview me for this this one today. But I do want to just introduce Jill and also, Jill, I'd love to ask you about your own spiritual journey and how all of that came to be as well. So welcome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Before I answer your question, I've kind of organized the questions that I have for you into three separate parts. So the first part is kind of more general questions from me or from people that have asked me to ask you something interesting. And then the second part are some questions directly from spirit. So I, (laughs) I went and tried to do some of our trance practice Mm -hmm. and I pressed record and whatever questions came out, I just kind of recorded them down for us. Oh, I love it. That's so (laughs) And then the third part are just some additional questions from spirit that to me are kind of more tricky to answer. So I had something maybe we could try at the end that might be a little fun too. Yeah, I'm into it. (laughs) Definitely. Awesome. So, I guess my journey to where I am now started when I was a little girl and, you know, I would hear or see or feel things that I couldn't really explain or, you know, sometimes they would, I'd have a dream that would come true or I would just know that someone was going to be in a place that I didn't really expect them to be. And I would see some things that scared me sometimes, you know, I saw people walking around in my bedroom or even some sort of misty things. And, and I, you know, growing up with ADHD, I had a really active mind and was already really hard for me to sleep. And so I got really scared. And you had ADHD when you were growing up? Sorry? Did you know that you had ADHD when you were growing up? No, I, so when I was younger, a lot, it was mostly diagnosed as anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got older and that family members were diagnosed around me that we were kind of like, oh, you know, I think I 
you know, Jill struggled with a lot of the same things. And so then I went down that route and, and it was really after becoming a mom too, that I went through a lot of healing and was diagnosed. And that has really helped in my healing process and my life as a mother and just as, as a wife and a friend and a person in general. Yeah. And it would have really helped as a little kid too, but it just wasn't really something talked about back then. Yeah, I really relate to that because same thing, you know, ADHD and having spiritual experiences. So I didn't sleep very much uh, as a child at all. And I think for me too, especially, I think you were likely very much the same where if you are a bit of an overachiever then, or a perfectionist in any way and a girl, I feel like it was overlooked because we would just compensate. We would just like mask it, right? So, yeah, oh, yeah definitely. And I, I, I'm a Virgo, so I definitely have perfectionist tendencies. Yeah, right. So it, yeah. it wouldn't have looked the same, perhaps, as some of the other kids, like you know, like some of the other people that would have been diagnosed with ADHD when we were growing up. Right. Yeah. For me, it looked a lot like teachers all the way up until high school would call home because I wouldn't stop talking. Uh, I was really disorganized and messy mm -hmm. and I never lived up to my true potential. Like those were all sort of the things on my report card, but mm -hmm. they would always say, Jill tries really hard to listen. You know, she's doing her best. She's very kind. So, you know, I think as a parent, that's one of the biggest things you want is just for your kid to enjoy school and, and to be kind to others. So it wasn't really, I wasn't, yeah, it didn't really affect me, I guess, to other people. It didn't really seem to affect me to other people, but inside I was struggling and I just never really asked for help. Mm, yeah, Sam, and, didn't ask for help either. And I think also because there was no behavioral problems for like a teacher to deal with, it was kind of just overlooked. And so for me, it manifested in... Um, it was anxiety. Like, I feel like my anxiety was so amplified because I was always paranoid that I was going to forget something or that I was going to do something wrong or that I was going to be, you know, if I talked, I felt like I had to do it like quickly and get it over with because I was worried that if I did it, I wouldn't stop, you know? So I totally think it's, yeah, to <laughs> look back on that. And now all I do is for a living. Yes. Okay. Oh, same. Same here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, going through school and all that, it, I, I met a couple of my really close friends that I still have to this day, and she's been a person, my, one of my closest friends, she's been a person who's always really supported me with this and always brings up so many of the, the things we used to talk about as kids, and I felt really supported by her. But I grew up in a Christian household, and so the beliefs and what they say in the Bible is not necessarily supportive of mediumship. And so before I had some friends around me, I felt really nervous to open up about what I was seeing and hearing. Mm -hmm. And so I ultimately asked, <clears throat> I ultimately asked God to shut the doors on the spirit world until maybe I felt ready again, if I ever felt ready again. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I found my now husband where I was in a safe place and after the birth of my two kids I mean even that in itself is a huge awakening yeah 
but but because I had postpartum depression and anxiety, I think it really led me down this path of healing. And with the healing brought, you know, the proper medication. So now I'm on proper medication for ADHD and also anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it brought me healing in many different forms of self-care. So like yoga and meditation, being in nature. <clears throat> and I think as time went on, my body started to relax enough so that my mind would be open to noticing spirit. Right. Yeah. You yeah. almost had to have an experience that brought you to your knees in order to then be able to heal and then be able to, yeah, relax enough. And I think create a bit of a, an opening for spirit to come because I think when we're in the midst of life and sometimes the traumas that we experience in life or just the busyness of life, sometimes it's like their spirit can be there, but we don't have the ability to necessarily perceive them. So I I get that. I had similar with them. Both of my kids, like, yes, they were both a catalyst for a lot of spiritual change, but particularly with my daughter, after she was born, same thing. It was postpartum anxiety. And when I look back, it probably was postpartum depression too. I just wasn't totally aware of it at the time. And it does sort of force you to look for something like you look, you definitely do look for, for healing. And that's what happened with me too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's funny because all of those healing modalities seem to really line up with spirit and they become a big part of our healing and just opening our eyes to kind of the bigger synchronicities of the world and, you know, maybe the bigger picture and you start noticing and being grateful for, for things that you maybe didn't think about before. And you're not, you, you want to find different perspectives on life and, You know, I really started noticing things when I was out in nature. I started noticing birds and and different animals and having really neat encounters. And I was like, oh, I think there's something to this. And then, you know, and then I reflected back on when I was a kid and I thought, I'm in this place. I want to continue this healing journey. And I think that's when I searched for you or not even just you. I think I just I don't even know what I searched for, but somehow, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I landed on with you and I think someone might be actually referred me to you I was I wondering I don't, I don't remember I think uh, well I know the first experience would have been I think that you had a reading I think that was the first time we met right I, th- I think so or something's telling me that I had messaged you and I was just super interested in your spirit circles oh uh, okay maybe too. yeah maybe that's it yeah okay but Anyways, we don't exactly know, but obviously Spirit <laughs> did something there, orchestrated it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So other than becoming a mom, was there any other time that you noticed Spirit was starting to heal your heart? Yeah, I think, well, it would be like different pockets of time in my life where things would be particularly difficult or I was going through like the the challenges of life, I would always find that 
no matter what, even if I would stress or even if I would worry, I always had this understanding and this belief that God, and I realize now spirit being a part of that and spirit also, you know, having a separate relationship with them too, sort of, would always help me to figure it out. Like I would always find a way forward. And I think looking back, I realized that that was such a, a beautiful part of me being able to be resilient is that I knew that I was being guided. So there was there was plenty of times before motherhood that that would sort of show up, particularly as a teenager. I feel like it became more and more pronounced with like my first breakup, you know, my first love. I was absolutely devastated, like beyond devastated. I was extremely depressed. I felt really, really lost at that time because I had just started post-secondary. All of my friends had gone to different schools. I was sort of on my own. And then I was dealing with this immense heartbreak. And I felt at least one time where I could feel myself going down a path where I was just, it was getting worse and worse and I was feeling more and more alone. And I specifically remember one night where I was like, I just don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if I want to be here. I remember it wasn't words and it wasn't anything like that, but it was like this like rush of love and energy that washed over me. And I was like, okay, I had peace with it. Didn't mean that I was like all of a sudden happy again or myself again, but it was like this feeling of like, okay, I'm not alone and I can go forward. And when I look back, I think like, oh, like that's so dramatic from a breakup. But I think for me, I was so tender I mean, at that age, my heart was so tender. And also, this had been such an important part of my life for like four years. And during those formative years, I think that's just a really, really, it's a difficult thing, that very first real, you know, heartbreak. But I think spirit was really letting me know, hey, we're with you. And you'll, you know, you'll go forward. So there's been things like that, times like that, where I feel like, wow, they really have kind of saved me. Yeah. And I think, I think with... ADHD too, we have, we feel things really deep, right? And a lot of people don't understand. So, you know, you, you think, oh, this is just a breakup, but for us, we really feel it in our whole body and it, and it really does take over sometimes. And yeah. um, just to have spirit there with you is really powerful. And, and uh, did you, did you have any friends around you at that time? Or, you know, how were your, how are your friendships as as you started to explore spirit? Hmm. Well, I had one who we're still friends and we have been friends since grade eight when I started uh, at a new high school. And um, she was, we're very similar. She, we're two days apart. Our birthdays were both Gemini's. And we always did share in our friend group growing up in high school. We shared more of a spiritual connection than I think any of the other friends. And it was always kind of just a thing that we both sort of understood about each other. But I don't think we called it that. Like, I don't think that we were like sitting there being like, you know, oh, this is spiritual. I think we just kind of were both intuitive and we just kind of understood. But I remember when I started to kind of open up to my abilities, she came over to my house to visit and she was, she brought her angel cards. And so she did a little angel card reading for me. And then it really prompted me to be like, oh, I need to get some, like, I want to get into this. And that was so pivotal because 
the angel cards were sort of like the beginning of me really beginning to like trust what I was receiving. And through doing so many angel card readings, I did them for myself. I started to do them for other people. That's when spirit started to come through was when I would be doing the angel cards because I think I was relaxed and I was focused on something else. It's not like I was trying, you know, to connect with spirit. And so she was, she was quite supportive. I did have a friendship. I think about this person a lot because we'd been friends for probably 10 years or close to that when I started to open up to my abilities. And I'd felt over the years, many times that we just weren't really compatible, but like very different people, but we had history. So, and we had friends in common and things like this. So it was never a thought in my mind that I'd ever not be her friend because it just seemed impossible at that time that I could live a life where she wasn't involved in it in some way. But I started to notice that I felt so bad about myself in her presence a lot of the time or there was things that she didn't said that I just couldn't co-sign like I was just like this is not for me like this is not okay but I never really had the courage to like say something or if I did it always ended up where it was kind of like turned on me like I felt like I could never really be totally honest with this person because I would sort of pay for it like I would suffer in some way so one thing that I think happens during a spiritual awakening is sometimes we do just realize the people that are kind of for us and the people that aren't, it becomes more and more clear, almost like you can't ignore it anymore. So I did end that friendship. And I know from, well, I don't know, but I feel from her perspective, it probably was out of the blue. She probably felt like it was like a big mystery. Like what, what is this? But for me, it'd been a long time coming. And so that was difficult. I felt like that was like a real loss, even though I knew it was the right thing and I knew it was better for me. That was still really hard to do, really hard to do. But I do think it does happen sometimes. And it's not required. I don't want anyone listening to think like, oh, when you start your spiritual awakening, you have to like get rid of people in your life. But I think it just was one of those things where it should have probably happened a long time before that. And just when I started to get to know myself and understand myself better, I had the courage finally to say, oh, wait a minute, this isn't working. Like, this isn't good. This isn't good for me. So Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've heard that story so many times and I've had similar experiences as well. And it's, it's, it's really heartbreaking, but I think, you know, the people, there are some people who are meant to maybe be with us for a little bit and maybe help us learn lessons. And yeah. and then some people who are meant to be with us for a lifetime or someone who's connected to us, you know, connected to our soul. And just as you're pursuing, not even just mediumship, I think healing in general, yeah. you start to, you know, learn about boundaries and you start to love yourself and, and are able to speak up for what you need. And if it doesn't mesh with someone, then you might, you know, let friends go along the way and it's really, really hurtful and sad and painful. Maybe not hurtful, it's very painful, but it is, it ends up being for your highest good. And, you know, I think too, when you're, when you've opened up your mind to this, I don't even, it, it's hard to explain, but it's, you just start noticing all of the, the synchronicities and, and this big picture of, 
of something that maybe you've never never thought of or opened yourself up to before, like like working every day and kind of being closed off to what else could be out there. And then all of a sudden you have this big shift to healing and saying, no, I'm going to rest my body and I'm going to, I'm going to keep my eyes open to what else is out there. It's, it's sometimes hard to walk a parallel path with someone because you've been, maybe you've gone to school with them and it's just work, 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 work. And it, and it lines up really well. And well, it's because now that I think of it, that particular friend was the one that got me to go to my first reading have my first reading with a psychic and a medium. She picked me up one day and didn't even tell me what we were doing and brought me to this man's house. And he was a tarot reader, this like elderly man in this apartment. I was like really paranoid that I was going to get like murdered. And I was like, what, what is this? Like, what are we doing? And I wasn't like super like, oh yes, I'm into it. Like she was super into it. I was kind of like, oh, let's see what happens. Like I was a little bit like reserved when it came to all of that at this point. It was probably, I don't know. I was still young when she did this. And um, those experiences were totally pivotal. Like those experiences with those mediums and that tarot guy was awesome. And I think that she definitely was an integral part of my development and my awakening in that way too. Like it's, I don't think it's coincidence that she kind of introduced me. So, and there's good times too. Like there's a ton of good times that I remember and I'm grateful for that. And I still, when I think of her, I wish her well. And I know she's got kids and stuff and I like, I'm happy that she's got like a, you know, happy life and all of that. I just know that we weren't, yeah, we weren't meant to be always in each other's lives, but it is interesting to think about that. I also think that spirits orchestrated and brought me the most amazing people since I've been working with mediumship. You know, the people that I've met, super, super close, amazing, yeah, friendships and and all of that too. So it all it all does work out. Yeah, it all just ends up to be exactly what you needed. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, and I I have similar I have similar experiences and and I'm always very grateful and thankful to those friends and always send them love and but yeah it's just sometimes when you go down you know a new path you open the door to different experiences and different people come into your life and yeah but the ones you know the ones who are meant to be there will will be there. Yes, that's definitely true. And so you're you're speaking about your angel cards and and your friend bringing those to you. But before that, so before that was when you were started to started to notice that you were maybe noticing spirit. And so what what can you remember some of your first encounters that you had? Like in my whole life? Yeah, like maybe, you know, like maybe when you were little, if you, things that you would see or hear or things that you were like, huh, maybe I'm noticing things that other people aren't seeing or hearing. Sure. Well, a lot of the time it was through clairaudience. So I would hear spirit a lot when I was a kid. I didn't know that that's what it was, though, but I would be like so nervous in kindergarten. This is my one of my first memories with spirit. I'd be sitting in kindergarten and I was in French immersion. So I was always paranoid that the teacher was gonna ask me a question I had to answer in French and I wouldn't know the answer. Like to me, that was 
terrifying. So I would sit there and she'd show us these flashcards of different things. And then we would have to tell her what the word was in French. And so I would sit there and I would hear a French word in my, in my head. And then like five seconds later, the teacher would call on me and she would ask me to say the word. And I would say exactly what I heard and it would be correct. So I realize now my guides were literally like trying to help me out and they did help me out, but I didn't know at the time that's what was happening there. Right. So that would happen. There would be a lot of deja vu when I was really young. Like I would talk about it all the time to my mom and try to explain like, you don't understand this has happened exactly this, this has happened before. Like you've said this or it, the, the tree like branch moved exactly like that at that and she was just like, not, she didn't really get it. She was like, okay. So I would have those experiences of deja vu all the time. I would have feelings about people that I couldn't articulate. I couldn't explain why I felt the way that I did, but it would either be like fear, I would be fearful or anxious around or not want to go and be around certain people. And um, my parents, I think, just really thought it was just anxiety, like just, you know, they didn't get exactly what that was. But I realize now that was a lot of just my intuition speaking to me. So stuff like that, I would, as a teenager, be able to manifest things quite easily. So I knew that I could see something in my mind and I could create it. I could I could orchestrate that for myself. Now, I also question, was I manifesting or was I just predicting? Because it's possible I could have, be, could have been seeing something and then it happened and I just knew it was going to happen. But stuff like that, I would see, I think I, I may have talked about this on the podcast before, but I was at the boyfriend, the first boyfriend that I had, I was telling you about earlier. We went to his godmother's house to babysit his little godson and right before I had met my boyfriend his godfather had passed and so when I met him he told me about him and he's a really important person in his life and so we went to their home to babysit the little godson and I remember they were outside in the backyard and I went inside for the kitchen for some reason and I'm looking I think I was like taking a drink and I looked at the wall and this is way back when there was like telephones attached to the wall <laughs> and the cord was hanging down and I looked and all of a sudden the cord just moved away from the wall and out suspended there for a second and went back in front of my eyes. Like I was like, uh, what? Like I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but I knew it was his godfather. I was thinking about his godfather the whole time that we were there. And I felt super emotional the whole time we were there. And and then that happened. And I was like, oh, I was like, he's here. He's saying like, hello. I'm like, thank you for being here. We're playing with his, his little boy and all of that. So stuff like that, stuff like that would happen. And so I knew, but I also didn't know that I, that it would, I would end up working with spirit like that was never a thought of mine. right and and you know that it's so interesting to hear that you saw something move pretty drastically so did that did that scare you at all or did you like how did you feel when you saw that it didn't scare me i felt excited and i also felt the love i think because i was so touched by 
this man who I didn't know or meet, but I felt like so connected to him through my boyfriend at the time. And I, I just thought, oh, it, it made me feel good. Almost like I got to experience something that was just like special. And just for me, like, I was like, wow, it's so miraculous. I will say, I didn't understand how it was possible. Like I didn't, I was like, what? Like, I've never seen that before, but I didn't know. It didn't scare me. Yeah. And I've, I've had a similar, I, you know, things used to scare me. And I think because it was some of my beliefs as well, but I just remember the first time I saw a man at the, at the, my bedroom door, I was terrified only because I thought he was a real person. Oh, and, it, yeah. and, and it wasn't until he walked past my bed mm -hmm. and past my closet and sort of, I was like, there's nowhere for him to go. And when, like, once he walked past me, it was almost like I could like take a deep breath. I'm like, oh, and, and so that's sort of how my experience, especially now with spirit feels is it's very healing. It's very uplifting or refreshing. Like it's all good feelings, but I know for some people it's, if they were to see something like that, you know, they, I think with movies or different people's perspectives, they think like poltergeist or, or something that's super scary that's going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. So I, I know that there's a lot of people I've talked to recently too, who have said that they're starting to see things or their, their kids are starting to see things and, and they're scared to talk about it or to open themselves up to it because they're nervous about bringing in negative energy and when and when people talk about negative energy you know they think demon or poltergeist or something like that and that's very scary for a lot of people and so i was i know that we've talked about this in the past because of my own experiences mm -hmm. but but how what what would you say to people who are maybe a little bit you know they're noticing things but they're scared to open up what, what do you think they should do and how, and how do you perceive negative energy? Right. Well, I would, I always want to explain to people that the evil that exists is human. In my experience, in my opinion, what humans do to one another and what I see happening in the physical world can be very evil and scary. So I'm more afraid of humans than I would ever, ever be of any spirit. I think that once, once you pass to spirit, you do leave behind those human attributes. So even people who can do heinous acts in this life, once they pass to spirit, they're leaving behind the anger, the fear, the trauma, the those evil kind of attributes that are human so I wouldn't say that they get to spirit and all of a sudden they're like perfectly angelic and there's nothing to heal but they're not coming into spirit with those energies so there's that I also think that people need to be aware that this relationship with spirit is a loving one and that when they make things happen so they move something or they bring us an experience where we can hear them or we can see them often well i would say every time this this is a spirit that's coming to like 
get you to notice them so that they can be helpful to you. Like they can kind of befriend you, they can get you to know them. But if you have a preconceived idea that spirit, you're supposed to be afraid or that spirit could harm you, then of course it's gonna be pretty scary and startling when you have an experience. So I think that it's just in the way sometimes that we're looking at it. I also think that fear is this energy that can really create more fear. So you can start to have a very self-fulfilling prophecy if that's what your belief is, right? So I do get that. I think sometimes when people have experiences where they are, they're feeling like there's an evil energy. And of course, we can feel negative energy very easily. It's the most easy energy to pick up on because it's so dramatic and it's so noticeable. But what I would challenge people to think about is maybe it's not an evil spirit. Maybe there's something residual, a built up energy, an imprint on a place or in a room or in a space that is human. It's like the the residual remaining energy of something human. And I think oftentimes that's not what people want to hear. They want to believe that they are being haunted or whatever. And I think sometimes it's subconscious that they they want to believe that. And I think sometimes people get something out of it. I think sometimes certain people like the drama of it and they like the attention that it kind of garners. It makes them feel like they're like, I don't know, they're something like creepy and weird and it's kind of exciting in a way to some people. I'm not saying everyone who has a negative experience, that's the case, but some people. So I think it's about recognizing you can have a relationship with spirit and you just because you can be aware of spirit, it doesn't mean that you're obligated to be in contact and be in communication with spirit and engaging with spirit 24 seven. So there's no fear of being bombarded by spirit you get to sort of also be human and be a normal person too. And so just because you can doesn't mean you have to. And just because you can doesn't mean you should be all the time. So I like to help people to understand that they do have a a say in when they're engaging with spirit and maybe when they're not. And also that no spirit's ever going to force you to do anything. Like that's the, they understand we have free will. And so if somebody's claiming that they've got some kind of evil spirit that's telling them to do evil things, I believe that's something else. I don't think that's spirit communication. It could be a variety of other things happening there. So that's sort of the gist of it. But I mean, I feel like it's a long conversation that I've had with many people. And it's hard because I never want anyone to feel like I'm discounting their feelings or their experiences because I'm not saying that, but I also can't pretend that I believe that spirit's evil, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and and it does seem to be super common for people to be nervous. And recently my son, you know, he's six and he was starting to get really scared. And I was like, well, what's scaring you? And he's like, well, like there's this girl in the hallway or I wake up and there's all these people or faces and I'm like, oh, okay. And so I remember talking to you about it because I'm like how can I how can I help him feel more comfortable because clearly there's something he has something you know something going on for him and I'll be there to support him no matter what he chooses to do with yeah that 
but I remember you, you said, because then I started to get a little scared too. It was almost like I was feeding off of his energy and you were just like, you can go into his room and you can say, guys, <laughs> you know, he is noticing you. Thank you for coming and showing up. But can you show yourself in a different way that maybe isn't as, you know, that's more comfortable for him, not so scary. And then when he's ready, you know, maybe it can develop a little bit more gradually. And I also, you know, I put some of my crystals under his bed and, and while I was doing that and, you know, talking to spirit, I was hearing this knocking and another preconceived notion of like the three knocks, like something bad. And I knew there was some sort of negative connotation out there about it. And it's exactly what I used to hear when I was little. And when I would call my parents in to be like, what is that? They'd be, I could see the look on their face, kind of concerned, kind of like, I don't know how to explain that. And it was sort of like, it came back and it's like, are you going to let it take over? Are you going to let it make you anxious and let it make you scared? And I was like, no, because I know what I feel when I, when I'm with spirit and when I spend time with spirit and, and I was like, this is just them saying, thanks. We got it. We're here for you. We're here for him. And like, also when you were little, you didn't need to be scared either. It was just us saying that we're here for you and that, you know, notice us. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was really powerful. And for other people out there, is there anything else other than, you know, talking to spirit and, and, you know, people like to have something to protect themselves or, you know, to feel more in control. Like, is there anything else that people could do to feel well, safe? Their own, you know, you know that I don't do the protect myself in white light from spirit. I certainly do that to protect myself from human energy, but I think what else can people do? I mean, I think it's good to have your own opinion or your own experiences with spirit. So I would say experiment with different ways of being in the world and being aware of spirit. So if before it was very fear-based, maybe experiment with befriending them. So uh, you could start to ask a question in the morning of spirit, you know, just, just anything that you're interested in, curious about, and then go about your day and kind of come back to it at the end of the day and see, oh, is there anything that they showed me today? Anything that I noticed that was kind of like an answer to that? So anything that kind of starts to build your trust with them, you could do that with Oracle cards too. You could pull, ask them to, you know, what do I need to know today? Pull a card, kind of be aware of your intuition and kind of what, what the card means. Go about your day, end of your day, kind of go back and reflect. So those are good ways to kind of build that trust because guaranteed if you reach out to them and you're asking, they will bring you the information. They'll bring you an answer. They'll help you with it. It may not be instantaneous, but it'll come and it may not come in the way that you want necessarily or you think it should, but it will come. Um, so that's a good trust building thing. I think you could, if you were sort of feeling like uneasy, I would, I would seek some kind of mentor or teacher, someone that you feel you resonate with and that can guide you. So if you do have like some kind of experience that you think is weird, you could ask them and they could give you some insight and help you to see that it's, like natural, normal, and 
I guess, kind of help you to feel not alone in it or being a part of, say, like, you know, a circle or the mentorship classes that that you're in, like having people who also experience the same thing and you can kind of build a bit of like soul friendships. I think all of those things help. Yeah. And and it's so interesting, too, with the journey through of mediumship and learning and then also the journey of healing, it does sort of, it does seem like, you know, there's not one or two or three things that everybody can, I mean, there's always something everybody can do, but when you're on that path, you, you do realize, oh, I have to figure out what works for me. Yeah. And then that also helps you trust your intuition and, and learn what it feels like to have that, that positive, like, oh, this feels right. And yeah. then, when you're working with mediumship or when you're working with people in general, you go, oh, I recognize that feeling that feels right. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what I've noticed as well. So I think that's a really good idea for people to explore mm -hmm. what will work for them. And yeah. I remember too. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> oh, I was just going to say, I remember too. No one had ever told me when I was little about that white light. And I think that was also spirit when I would say I'm really scared or like, you know, when I would, pray or something i'd be like how can i not be so scared and i remember envisioning myself in white light and i mean where does that that doesn't where does that come from right like that's not really in movies or anything and i think that was definitely spirit helping me in that way definitely definitely and i think too you know sometimes students will be annoyed with me in the beginning because they <laughs> they want me to say okay just do this and this and this, and then your result will be exactly this every single time. Like that is what some people are really looking for me to tell them. And when I don't, and I'm like, here's here's the homework. This is what I want you to do. And they're like, but how? Like they're like, they're like, what? Like, I don't know. You didn't tell me how to do it. Like, isn't that what you're supposed to do? And I'm like, no, the whole point is that it's going to be so unique and different for each person. And the homework is not really in gaining some kind of result. The homework is actually you using your own intuition and your own connection with spirit to try and experiment and see what happens. And then we'll talk about it. And then I'll give some of my own like, okay, well, this is what I've tried. This is what I do. But I recognize that just because I do something this way doesn't mean that it's going to work the same for you. It could be completely different. So it makes the job as like the facilitator, teacher, mentor, whatever you want to say, a little bit more complicated because it's not like ever set in stone it's never like okay this is the answer now let me share it with you you guys all go do this and then you'll all be successful it's like everybody has to kind of come to it themselves and then I'm there to kind of like inspire and to kind of share my experience and then tune in and see like oh this could help this person but it happened yesterday where I was explaining something to someone and it was in front of other people and the other people were like, oh, okay, so do you mean like that's what we have to do like every time? And I was like, no, I just mean this person specifically that I want her to try it. I mean, you got, you can all try it, but what works for her and what she needs might be vastly different than what someone else needs. So it is kind of like a such a unique thing to try and share. Yeah, and so it, I love the parallels between healing and you know studying mediumship because when you're going through a healing journey too it's 
there's all these ideas out there and you give us tons of ideas and tons of things to work with. So we're not, you know, we have a huge starting path of things to explore and it's really, really fun. And that's the same with when, when you're on a, a healing journey too, there's lots of things to try and, and, you know, some people love yoga, some people hate it. And it's just, you have to f- get that feeling. Oh, this feels right for me. And, and that can be really scary and difficult for people to sort of step out into the unknown, but it is just putting those things into practice that, that when you're uncomfortable, you might not want to do it, but if you go out there and you put it into practice and, and try new things, like so many really magical things happen. Yep. Because it's learning in both cases in healing your like a personal healing and also a mediumship mediumship is such a parallel to life itself i think because so many times i'll think to myself this is important in mediumship and then i'm like this is literally important in life like i think we have to be willing to see it as an experiment and we have to be willing to like you have to want it and you have to put in the the time and the effort and the dedication to it but you also can't try to control it and you can't try to like force it and that's really similar to life too you know so much of it is like learning to be responsible for the things that you can you can be and you can control and then the surrender of the things that you you cannot and finding a balance there yeah so it is very interesting and I think mediumship development particularly is very healing for people because it forces you to look so deeply into yourself you know it's almost impossible to do it I think unless you are doing this reflection as you go you have to step outside of your comfort zone so many times that it becomes kind of like second nature after a while and I think that's important and that's extremely healing and then you learn to trust not only yourself you learn to trust spirit so all of those things can be so healing just as a person so even if somebody comes to me and they're like they don't even really want to do the mediumship necessarily sometimes they just come because they're curious and they just want to experience the the healing and I think that's great so it doesn't matter I don't whatever someone's reason is as long as I mean as long as it's like ethical it doesn't matter it's just about like the actual getting to know spirit and I think you know the rest of that flows from there yeah and and I I do have this friend who's been one of my friends that's been with me since I was young and and I feel like lately she has been getting to know spirit and that's been really exciting. And she was telling me the story the other day where at a Remembrance Day ceremony, she was dressed in her red serge. And um, she was just kind of like what you were thinking about before, how you were thinking of that person when you were at his house. She was really thinking about her grandma and, and she was just like, oh, I just really wish my grandma would have been there to see or here today or to see me in my job and I just my grandma was one of those people who was was really proud and that I was pursuing this and she she, she just wished that her grandma could have seen her dressed in her uniform and and uh, when all of a sudden so she's standing there and all of a sudden this older lady comes up to her and she's like oh like kind of a double take sort of looks like her grandma and then this lady grabs her her arm kind of on her elbow like her grandma used to 
and then said, I just have to tell you how regal you look, very sharp. And she's just like, oh, that's something my grandma, you know, probably would have said to me. And so she she said she was just kind of at a loss for words and she got really choked up because it felt like it was her grandma literally telling her that through this person. So like, can, do loved ones make connections like that? And well, and how do we know that it's more than a coincidence? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, they do. Spirit will orchestrate those kinds of experiences for us. And if you think about it, it's kind of the best that they can do. Like short of the grandma materializing in front of her in a solid form, which is like really unlikely to happen. It's not, it's not something that I feel like is easy for them to do uh, at all. And if that happened, your friend might've like thought she was losing her mind. So the next best thing would be to be able to orchestrate and bring someone that has a likeness and someone who does who knows what spirit has to do to nudge that person in that moment to to stop and to say those words, right? So it does happen often. And I think there's no way to 100% know for sure, for sure. Like there's no scientific evidence that we could have with that situation. But it's the kind of thing where if she's getting choked up and that emotion is washing over her, that's a good indication that it's something more than a coincidence. And some people will say, oh, but it could just be wishful thinking and it could be this, it could be that. It could be, it could be. But I don't think that if it was, she would have the same reaction and the same feeling to that experience. And I just think that from Spirit's point of view, they're trying so much to be creative to just get our attention and to make sure that we know and I mean she had just been thinking of her and wishing for that and then she had that experience so I think sometimes it's the timing and then also not a coincidence that she used those words and the likeness is I think all of that is not coincidental yeah and it's almost like maybe she's using the her own clear cognizance without even knowing it because she's like she just knew that like that was her grandma but she didn't she was just like oh but it's probably not kind of and then she went back to her logical mind almost I think yeah and she was like oh I I gotta ask Jill about this and so I was like oh I gotta ask you about this and and she's just this friend has been such a a big cheerleader and a big supporter my whole life and I just love her so much and uh, I really love that we get to share these stories together really it's really important to have that but I think you know she could also go to her grandma now and just say grandma was that you and then allow her grandma to bring her that that yes or that no or whatever I mean I know she's going to bring her yes but or you know there's lots of things that she can do to kind of like now build you know build on that experience you know and just see what else she can bring her and what else she can do what other synchronicities because I think that her grandma's delighted to be able to do that with her. Yeah. 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 I remember when we were in grade six, we were in her basement and I was just like, Oh, I don't know. Like I'm feeling really nervous in this basement. And then she said, I don't know if it was, you know, when we were that young or if it was more, you know, teenage years or recent years where she was like, Jill, I always felt that way in that basement. And when you said that, she was like, I felt so validated. (laughs) So I know, I know she's, you know, sensitive to spirit and stuff too. So I'm excited to see where that goes. But for, so the second part of my question <laughs> was, you know, for the, the 
the group of ladies who are in the evolving medium, we've been working, we, we were working on trance. And for anyone who hasn't tried trance, uh, for me, I had never tried it. When we did try it and when we were practicing it, I was like, it was, I didn't realize how easy it was to sort of, maybe it's not, maybe it was just something that felt easy for me at the time, but it just makes, makes my whole body feel so, it's almost like I can feel my cells rejuvenating or something. Like it's just such a good feeling. So for anyone looking to, to have five minutes of the day to themselves to just feel relaxed and refreshed, I totally suggest trying it. And I don't know if your trance, is yours on YouTube? your trance that you sent us? I think it is actually, yeah. Yeah, so anyone should, anyone interested should try that because it really does put you in such a nice, deep, really good feeling trance. And so I did that and then recorded myself. And, and these are some of the questions that Spirit brought to me. And some of them are a bit out there, I feel like. <laughs> but I'm gonna ask them anyways. <laughs> Okay. And like, is there and nothing's off limits? You're just. I'm open. Okay. I'm open. So the first question was, what are your favorite angels to work with? My favorite yeah. angels to work with. Uh, let's see. I tend to call on Archangel Michael, Archangel Raphael. I know that's very like vanilla answer, but they are the first ones that I was kind of introduced to. And when I, I tend to call on them when I'm like feeling like I'm in trouble or I need some, I need some help quick. Uh, those are the ones that I would turn to. I love working with Archangel Ariel, who is like the angel of nature and miracles. And I feel like manifestation is really, I really feel connected to her through like manifestations. And miracles. So I do like to work with her as well. There is also an Archangel Daniel, which I don't know if a lot of people work with him or know about him. I don't even know how he came to be in my awareness, but he does work with like marriages, relationships, stuff like that. And I tend to, I guess, lean on him sometimes when it comes to communication not only in my relationship but just even in relationships with friends and things like that family members so yeah those are the ones that I sort of reach out to on a regular basis <laughs> yeah what which which angel is the one that helps you find things is that Shamuel oh yes that is Shamuel and I would say I do I do sometimes ask him too because I for all the psychic ability that I have I do lose a lot of things and sometimes <laughs> I try myself to tune in and I get, I'm already agitated and frustrated. So it's not always easy. So sometimes I will call on him and ask him to help me. And most of the time it does work. Yeah. And I think, I think he's the one that I, I call on the most as well, because I'm constantly losing things. But I think also he's, he helps with like finding peace. And I think that's, that's um, a good one for us ADHD girls. Yeah. <laughs> The next one was, do you find that water is a catalyst when connecting to spirit or are there any other activities that help connect to spirit more easily? Mm. Water, yes. It's no coincidence that lots of people do have spiritual experiences in their bathroom. So that I think is true. I think when people... <laughs> 
That sounds really funny. It is spiritual experience in your bathroom. Like, I think it's because of, like, a bath is a bath, but a bath could also be a very spiritually healing, cleansing experience. In the shower, the running water, I just feel like it is such a conductor for energy, conductor for spirit spirit and so sometimes when I tell people well if you're in the shower anyway why are why are we not just doing some kind of like energy work like let's do a cleansing or let's go through the chakras and whatever or why don't you just talk to spirit when you're in the shower and then I realize that people are like weirded out because they're thinking that spirit's sitting there like you know like watching them shower from what I can tell and what spirit shares with me they don't see us in that way and they're not interested in watching us you know be naked so it's all good like to each their own but I do I I talk to spirit in the shower all the time so there's that I also think when people go and they spend time by the water particularly by the ocean they are there's no way you can almost avoid feeling connected to something greater than yourself because I think with the water too it kind of attracts like the angels and it attracts spirit and lots of times we'll see like sparkles of white light with or even colored lights with our physical eyes in those places in nature especially close to water because I think it's this is accumulation and build up of this spiritual energy and I do think it's very cleansing walking in nature I think is one of the most healing things you could ever do for yourself it's free it costs nothing but the benefits are amazing and I do think it really is conducive to feeling spirit seeing spirit and that just has to do with your intention as well so Anything that you intend to be a spiritual experience becomes a spiritual experience, but definitely water and nature, I think really do sort of help and aid us in that yoga, I think is just a natural way because you're not only are you, you know, letting your logical mind rest, you're having some movement within your body, which is really, really helpful, but then also the stillness of your mind. So the meditative aspect I think is helpful, but I think the movement also is very helpful. So lots of times when I have done yoga, I used to do it a lot more than I do now, but I'm starting to get back into it. I always have experiences with spirit, like every single time. So I think stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I, I agree because I live near the water and there's this one beach that I keep going to and I just feel like it's pulling me to this certain beach, this certain place. And I just feel, it almost feels like I'm somewhere else. And so the next question was, I, when I'm there, I hear the word like portal, or maybe I'm just thinking because someone has said it before, but I hear the word portal, like, and I've never really put much thought into it, but do you connect to that word at all? And And do you think that there's just some places where maybe the veil is thinner or where spirit is more, or is it just that you're near the water? Yeah, I think I do connect with it, but maybe not in the way that most people do. Like I know people that are like, oh, there's a portal in my closet (laughs) or whatever. And uh, maybe there is. I, I think that, there's different places for different people that are more spiritually active for us. Like for me, when I visited Ireland, I felt like I was like, oh, as soon as my feet touched the ground, I was like, oh, 
like I felt super charged with energy and I felt like everywhere I looked, there was a portal of some kind of spiritual energy. Like that's how it felt for me. I know lots of people probably feel that way about Ireland, but there's other people who could go and feel not anything that different or certain places that are kind of like soul places for us. And I think it's, it's not a coincidence that you ended up moving and living where you are in close proximity to that place. Cause I think for you, that place is a portal. Maybe not necessarily specifically for the next person, but definitely for you. So I kind of think maybe it's more personal, but certainly, yeah, I'm sure there are certain places with, you know, the natural world. And I'm envisioning like a place with like waterfalls and stuff like that, that yeah, probably so many people have come there to find peace and so many people have prayed in this place that I bet there is this like built up spiritual energy that everyone can feel. Ah, yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I think it's like that, but I think a portal also can be, I just think of it as an opening. And I think we can create a portal whenever and wherever we are. So even if you live in a city and you don't live anywhere close to water or anywhere close to anywhere in the, you know, like, nature-ish kind of place you can create your own portal spirit will meet you wherever you are like in a closet yeah yeah (laughs) exactly yeah maybe that's just where they went and there's all that built-up energy in there i think that's really neat that yeah it's 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 keeping it simple too i find right like yeah it can just be a closet it can just be just yeah i started meditating in my walk-in closet when I first started opening to my abilities. So it can be wherever. Yeah. And do you think that like when you, I think you've said many times before, you just felt called to travel to certain places. And do you think that has to do with like one of your soul's past lives? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, I think so. And then perhaps maybe, maybe it's not always connected to past life. Maybe there's something just, intuitively that I know there's something of like almost like medicine in this place for me but Ireland yes past lives I know England same thing Hawaii when I was there I felt the same thing trying to think of other places New York I felt something about that not so much like Los Angeles or anything like that Palm Springs the desert I felt a real connection to past lives there And then there's other places, very Nordic places that I'm so called to go to. And I feel like they are past life, but I just haven't really explored those yet. But yeah, places like that for sure. And can you think of any places that that I should go? Because my husband and I are trying to find somewhere to go for a 10 year. (laughs) Okay, Iceland comes up. Oh, okay. At the top of the list, actually. I like Greece for you. Also, Portugal, and there was something about Alaska as well. Oh, cool. They're kind of all different. Um, Yeah, those I think would be cool for you, definitely. Awesome. (laughs) So what what is the the easiest way someone could find out about their past lives? Like what, Mm -hmm. how could they sort of investigate? It depends on the person. If it's someone that has never done any kind of spiritual anything and they're extremely analytical, more like type 
a kind of personality, I would say to start with reading some books and see see what they feel, see what conclusions they come to. So Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss would be a good one. Journey of Souls by Michael Newton, maybe stuff like that. And then if they're still interested, then maybe they could look into receiving a past life reading or they could even do a past life regression, something like that. If they wanted to, at that point then, if they wanted to explore it on their own, I would say it is simple, you can do it. But most people, unless they've had some kind of evidence in something else spiritual, I find that's a real far-fetched thing for them to trust and believe because it's like they have no they have no reference point for any of it. But for people that are aware and have the evidence already when it comes to spiritual stuff, they're not like raging cynics or skeptics. I would say, oh, it's my light. You can you can just be curious. So you can ask your guides to show you. And you can do that while you're sleeping. You can do it before you go to sleep. Ask them to show that in your dreams. You can ask them to show it to you in meditation. You could sit, put pen to paper, and just allow them to write, like, through you. So kind of have it come through that way. You could also you could also go into sort of like a trance-like state. And that's something that we've done before in class where – We'll read the prayer that Spirit gave to me for you guys to use and then sit in sort of this deeper state of meditation. And it's just intention that you're going to go into the past lives, go into the Akashic Records, and then allowing yourself to have an experience. So a lot of it has to do with surrendering and just letting go of your preconceived ideas and just allowing yourself to experience them. So I think it's more simple than people think. But I also get that it's simple maybe for us because we've already had all of these experiences. The average person might be like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just want me to sit and just be curious about it and then I'm going to see it. Like, I think that it sounds like very daunting for the average Joe. But yet, you know, if you've already been on a bit of a journey with your your intuition and working with spirit, it is very simple. Yeah. And I remember doing a couple of practices and you're kind of just like, sometimes you feel like this is, I'm making this up or something, but yeah. it is a lot about just trust and letting go. Yeah. And then this, this question sort of ties in with, you talked a bit about before when you're like, maybe I was just predicting. Mm -hmm. And so have you ever been aware of something or predicted something or noticed something and it made you really worried that like, something bad maybe in the world or to someone might happen mm -hmm. i'm trying to think of a specific situation not really but that could also be because i have said to spirit early on that i don't want to know or see anything that i cannot change so okay. if it's something bad or that I see is negative but there's something I can do about it then for sure like you could show me and I'm, I'll know it but if there's something that's coming that I can't avoid and it's gonna be tough I don't necessarily want or feel like it's helpful to be given that information so it could be the reason why I haven't had it maybe because I've said that I don't know but no I haven't really I mean I've had inklings about 
minor, more minor things like a sick feeling to my stomach before I go to like a social thing. And then I go and it drains me and I wish I didn't go and I regret it. And I think to myself, yeah, I already knew, like, I should have just like maybe stayed home. But then there's also that part of me that's like human. And I don't want to always be like thinking that way. Like, I don't want to be negative. So I'm like, okay, well, let's just see. I'll give it a fair chance. Like, I, I feel like sometimes that happens. So like more minor things like that. So you don't have any, you know, like there's some people out there who make huge, big predictions for things like for 2024 or things mm-hmm. like that. Not Do you so ever think about that stuff? I think about it, but I think on a world scale, I'm not, it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't care. I do care, but I just don't think it's my particular area of interest or expertise. Like I'm more into like what we can do about it, not necessarily like what horrible thing is coming or how we can prevent. Like, I just feel like I'm into like knowing what we can do. So if I was to do predictions for 2024 for the world, it would probably come through with a lot of empowering messages, what we can focus on, what we can actually do. And it would probably be less predictive of like, oh, this this thing is going to happen or that thing is going to happen. Maybe some like, I would look at it energetically and say there's a potential for this. But then I would also say there's also potential for this other thing. You know, so I feel like I'm always looking at it, not to say that I'm not looking at the negative, but I feel like I'm more focused on what we can do. Right. And I think I think that just speaks to sort of your heart as well, because I th- it's all about helping others and like what you said, empowering and healing and and I think, too, sometimes the predictions without the next part of what can we do about it really scares people. Yeah. And so I think I think that's a really good outlook and a really good take on the whole psychic part of the psychic mediumship. Right. It's 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 good to have evidence, but it's also just as important to know what do we do about it and how how can we stay in our power? Yeah. 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 And I do, I've I've seen that in the world where people can be very accurate as they're getting information, but then there's no like guidance. It's just like, oh, by the way, like I had someone tell me one time, by the way, there's a huge storm headed into your life. (laughs) And that was it. That was the message. I don't know what it is. I don't know how, but it's, it's just bad. And I was like, okay cool like thanks I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that and I don't know how that's helpful and I don't know how it's relevant so I'm always pretty mindful of that when I read for people and I also feel like I try to remind you guys as well that like you can be accurate you can get all this all these facts but unless you're giving some kind of guidance and some way to assist the person there's no point in saying any of that yeah and so I guess, do you, is that the same for, do you have any inkling of how your life will go? Or is that also part of that where you're just kind of like, what will be, will be? Or have you sort of noticed that you're guessing things happening in your life? Sometimes, like I can get glimpses of things. The annoying part is I usually see them way, way, way in advance. So if I have something say that 
you know, is coming into my life that's pretty big, I can be aware of it like five, 10 years before it happens. And then I'm thinking to myself, I get annoyed. I'm like, well, why isn't this happening? I saw it and I feel it's happening and I'm working towards this. Like, why is it not here? And then it's like, oh, because I'm psychic. So I can, I, I sometimes see it way in advance. Two years seems to be kind of the, the normal amount of time when it comes to big things for me. I'll get glimpses of it, but not always. There's certainly this thing with spirit where I've said like, well, why didn't I see this? You know, like, how could this be so unexpected when things happen? And they will just tell me, you signed up also to be human, just like everyone else. So it's kind of, you sort of have to still live that. So there's no, they might be able to give me a little nudge or heads up here and there. But sometimes there's certain things that I can't, I can't predict for myself and I'm not supposed to. So I've kind of resigned to that. I don't expect myself to know everything before it happens and I fully expect that I'll make mistakes. I don't even really believe in that, but I'll make choices and then maybe later be like, oh, I wish I would have maybe done that differently. But I get that I'm supposed to be learning too. So it's it's probably not as exciting as people think like to be able to know. I think I know a lot more for other people than I do for myself. And that's, yeah, that's just sort of the nature, like a lot of the psychic part is, like you don't just get to know lottery numbers or you don't get to know everything about everything. It's sort of what you, your intention and then also how you interpret things. And so, you know, that's why there might be, you know, you, you said mistake or a wrong choice, but maybe you've just sort of misinterpreted a feeling or something, right? And, and yeah, I, if you weren't here to learn and grow, that would be, I, th- I think that's one of the biggest purposes. Of being human so exactly so there's no cheat sheet there's no like special treatment for us and you know that's i think it's good but i also i think too like sometimes when things don't pan out the way that i want i do recognize that there's likely something in there that i just need to learn or see see it from a different perspective and I think that that's important. So I don't spend a lot of time feeling like, oh, I should have known better. I I sort of look at it like, okay, what can I take from this? And what can I bring forward into my life? If there's something that happens that I don't, you know, that I feel like I, I can change, then I will. Right. And has spirit ever told you what to expect when we, after we pass away? Like, have they ever shown you or... I mean, yes and no. I've seen so many glimpses of it through readings now. So doing so many readings and I've been curious about it and I've seen glimpses for myself of what my experience might be like, but they also have told me if they tell us too much and if we all knew, none of us would want to stay here on earth. (laughs) So kind of like you get to know a little bit And then the rest of it, I think we'll find out when we get there again. Yeah, it's like enough to just feel a bit at peace of it because it is something where you can't wrap your brain around it, right? And if you do, it's sort of, it's really like, oh, like we can't comprehend what what some some of those big things. And it's just, it's nice to feel the peace Mm -hmm. and know just enough and to trust. And so some of my 
more interesting, funny questions have to do with like folklore and like ancient creatures of the occult or like different places like Atlantis and stuff. <laughs> so I'm just curious, like what your take of all of those folklorish creatures, like I remember when I was little, I really always thought that fairies were real. Yeah. yeah. Vampires, well, unicorns. Yeah. I love fairies and I've seen with my physical eyes a fairy before and it was so exciting it changed my life I saw it clearly and for that reason like sometimes when I'm doing I'm talking to people not like students and stuff like that but just say like clients I'm very aware that if I start talking about fairies or you know, dragons or anything like that, mermaids and Atlantis and all that, that some people be like, oh my God, like she's a lunatic. Like I get that. But I think if we're able to see spirit and experience spirit and angels, why can't we be aware of fairies as well? Like it doesn't seem too far of a stretch to me. And I try to really honor that like that that is a part of my belief system <clears throat> and I love working with the fairies so yeah I think I think that you know it depends who you're talking to some people would completely disagree but in my experience I feel like I'm a pretty open person so to me there's not really like a limit to what what we can connect with and have you ever like, how do you feel about aliens? And have you ever had any experiences or demons uh, or? I think that I, because I am so open and it's become increasingly okay to, or a little bit more okay to like, I think voice that. But for a long time, I think that I would have felt a bit like, weary of saying my belief but of course I mean my my feeling is like yeah I I get that there's probably other places other other people that we have no idea about and so I'm not at all limited in my thinking about that I've never had a real experience that I could say oh yeah I know that's what it was but I have found in some uh, being in trance sometimes or even in doing readings for other people that are really really like spiritually open sometimes there will be these star beings that come through and I think that's that's what's happening there they're from other places so yeah I'm quite open to it I wouldn't say I'm not one of those people that knows a lot about you know like I haven't like done a ton of research I know some people are really really well versed but it feels true to me. It feels it feels natural and normal to think that there's there are other beings. Yeah, and I, I remember I have a really close family friend who talks a lot about their own experiences with aliens and stuff. And we used to spend a lot of time with them. And one time we were at uh, I was very close friends with his daughters, and we were at a a graveyard, and we used to play in the graveyard all the time. And it, there was just someone who was following us and it was me and a couple of my girlfriends. 
and he was sort of hiding behind gravestones and kind of acting weird and we were really scared so we started to run away and we found this group of people and it was like this woman and her stroller and this guy and then another couple and we were just like can we stay with you like we're really scared of this person and they noticed him and they're like yeah stay with us that is a bit odd and then once the man left the graveyard we were we were like thank you so much and we were gonna we were starting to run home and then we turned around and they were gone and so not saying like that's an alien or anything but i do like we're like that must have been angels like that i don't know but i yeah i totally believe in all sorts of stuff like that and it's always so much fun to talk about yeah no definitely definitely well what we can do this will be the end of part one and then <laughs> i'm so sorry i i thought oh yeah we've got lots of time go get ready okay all right we'll so keep talking <laughs> okay i'll talk to you soon <laughs> bye okay, bye Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.